This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back into our number two of the Outdoor Show. Glad to have you with us. Uh, we got a lot of text messages coming in this morning. 504-260-1870 is the way to text us. We're talking about sliding corks. I got some comments on that. Uh, frog recipes. I'm looking for one. We did one called uh, John Foltz's Noble Frog Legs. And it's you do some frying in canola oil, but it's not the typical French fried frog legs. And I've seen some of the recipes about blackening frog legs and doing different things. About frogs is that flavor is so delicate and the meat is so tender. If you don't season them properly, you overpower that really good flavor. That's why everybody says, "Oh, it tastes just like chicken." Well, if you treat them like chicken, you season them like chicken, and you cook them like chicken, guess what? They're gonna taste a lot like chicken. But uh, Barry Toops also on our meal we had out at uh, Mrs. Rose's bed and breakfast Thursday night while we were frogging. Actually, before we went frogging, uh, he added some uh, some fried. Crappie, sockele, white perch, whatever you want to call them, and also some uh, chunks of uh, garfish. And, you know, I've been around garfish for a long time, and I've eaten it several different ways, but never thought to just batter it up and fry it, thinking that it would be strong or tough or chewy. I'll tell you what, those girls said it, to them it was just like the texture of a chicken nugget, but it's got a little bit of that alligator flavor to it. So uh, garfish, uh, a lot of ways to cook it, and another one of our very underrated species. All right, uh, that picture, if you look on Martha Spencer, uh, my co-host's Facebook page, she's got a much clearer picture, and you're going to see uh, five of us standing there with some big old bullfrogs, and uh, you can see in her picture we're covered in mud. Martha's got mud on her face. Uh, I'm soaking wet and full of mud from crawling. Miss Louisiana's got some mud on her. Her friend Kaylee's a little muddy, and the only one that's looking clean was uh, Barry Toops because he was operating the boat. He wasn't reaching over and grabbing frogs and crawling in the mud for him. But what a fun time. You'll see that on a future episode of Bayou Wild TV. I got a recipe that says try those frog legs in the oven in a pan. Cover them in barbecue sauce, 30, 35 minutes at 350, or put them on the grill. That's from Jeff over in Poplarville, Mississippi. Yeah, grilling frog legs with a little bit of light season, that probably would be good too, but I can see where it would be real easy to overcook them. You've got to be careful with them. Q 
keep them tender and juicy. Those ones we had were excellent. And, of course, we did it in Rain, Louisiana, which is the frog capital of the world. And we went around town and shot a little scenes. I got little frog statuettes all over the city and, you know, things, signs and murals uh, proclaiming uh, Rain, the frog capital of the world. And uh, it's definitely got a motif, a theme all about frogs. All right. Now, those of you who are texting in, I asked you about the most uh, – most times, one particular species appeared on the federal duck stamp. Yeah, the award goes to the mallard, uh, probably the most popular common duck across the country. Seven times it's been on the duck stamp. Uh, the canvasback, close second at six, tied with uh, Canada goose. That's also been on the stamp six times. Pintails have been on five. And then most all the other species have been on there uh, four times or less. And I think this is the second time that the Mexican whistler duck has been on there. All right, got news that they will be closing the Zone 1 shrimp season in Louisiana. That is from the Mississippi-Louisiana line to South Pass of the Mississippi River, that easternmost portion. Now, the Mississippi Sound and the Breton and Chandelier Sounds, that remains open. That's kind of like offshore shrimping areas. But all the bigger lakes and bays uh, around Hopedale, Shell Beach, Lake Bourne, Lake Pontchartrain, uh, those areas will be closing at 6 p.m. on July 1st. Also, I'm happy to tell you that the Roma Rodeo, which had been postponed, I've been waymaster for this one for 24 years. I'll be there for the 25th on Saturday, August the 15th. The rodeo is fishing days on the 14th and the 15th. You can weigh your fish in 2 to 5. Uh, retired uh, Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement Agent Major Sandy Darez will be there with me to assist in the weighing. Come see us on the Raider campus that's on Severn Avenue in Metairie. Uh, they've got adult, teen, and kids categories for a number of species, hats, T-shirts, food, drinks. It's a lot of fun. You can find out all the information and actually sign up if you go online at rummelraiders.com. And hope to see you out there on campus for the weigh-in on August the 15th. All right, right after this, we're coming back with our Another one of our field reporters, Mike Gallo, joins us to talk about fishing lakes, Pontchartrain, Bourne, Biloxi Marsh, even areas further out towards the Mississippi coast. Wherever it goes, he's got a boat and he travels. He goes and gets them. Mike Gallo is next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And our Mike Gallo fishing reporters are brought to you courtesy of CETO. You know CETO, the AAA on the water. They're the guys that come rescue when you need it. Or if you just need some fuel dropped off, maybe run a little short on gas, Need a tow-in, though, they will pull you in 24-7, jumpstart you for electrical problems. Whatever it takes to get you back safe and sound, they'll do it. CETO, you can sign up for $179 for a whole year. I know a lot of you told me you were going to get that for your dad's for Father's Day. Also makes a great birthday, a gift, or any occasion, a gift to give someone a membership. That's $179. It's renewable. And it's endless towing, and if you want to see how much of a bargain that is, just call somebody and ask them what it would cost to come tow you if you do not have a contract. Go to seatow.com. That's one way to sign up. Or the other is to call Captain Chris, 800, well, you can call him local, 504-301-4545. That's a better number, 504-301-4545. Captain Mike Gallo joins us now. He's been a busy guy lately. He and his fellow guides have been working the waters, catching trout, reds, and some other species, too. Captain Mike, tell us what's been going on this week and what's the weekend looking like. Well, Don, it's very interesting. I was listening to your show earlier, and you were talking about evening fishing. And that's exactly what I did Monday. 
I had a few of my Texas crew in town that were on their way to Florida for vacation, and they wanted to do another trip to the marsh to catch some redfish. And obviously, Monday morning, it rained pretty much from daylight till noon. But after that cleared away, we jumped in the boat and headed on over to the south shore of Lake Bourne, nearby UB Avenue. Shrimp under popping corks for a couple of them, and the other ones were throwing spoons. And in a few hours, we had a dozen redfish and a couple of bass, and they were back at the lodge grilling those fish just about before dark. So the evening fishing is a, a very good way to, to do it in the summertime. You'll have less pressure on the water. If you do have a rain shower, it cools the water down, which seems to get the fish a little more aggressive. But that's a very good tactic that, um, that you were talking about earlier. Midweek, we had plenty of rain, and we weren't able to go out at all. Towards the end of the week, I had several boats go out on a Thursday and Friday, and the boats that headed to the marsh did very well with redfish and a variety of techniques. Shrimp under a cork is always a very good way to catch redfish. Spinners, spoons have worked well. The plastic worms and crawfish-style baits have also worked very well. Um, I even had Captain Chris ran a trip for me yesterday, and I believe he bounced around to several of the gas wells in Lake Bourne fishing shrimp, live shrimp on the bottom, and he had a nice mess of speckled trout, looked like 40 or 50 of them with his crew. Um, so it's been very productive. When the weather's good, the fishing's generally good. That's Captain Chris Robert you're talking about. That's correct. Mike, um, you know, fishing, of course, he caught his on the bottom, and, and we fish together in Lake Bourne in some deep water at some of those rig structures and get on those shell pads and catch fish. But sometimes they're, they're suspended, and we've been talking about using these sliding corks. Uh, how often do you use sliding corks? And I got somebody commented that a circle hook is the best to put on the, the terminal part of a sliding cork rig. What do you think about uh, sliding corks? When do you use them, and how do you rig yours? Well, Sliding corks definitely are in my tackle arsenal. When you are, let's say you're fishing a shell pad uh, in Lake Bourne or wherever you happen to be, and you're catching trout, but you're also getting the legs eat off of your shrimp and the eyes eat out of your shrimp, it kind of tells you there's some smaller fish down there that are really just destroying your bait. And a lot of times if you will suspend your shrimp above the bottom, two feet, maybe three feet, you can get into more speckled trout and have less of the smaller pesky fish that are just wasting your bait. That's when a sliding cork is going to come in really handy. Um, I know H&H makes a nice sliding cork. Um, simply, you can look at your depth finder. You're in 10 feet of water, say, and you can set the little stopper at eight feet. And when you cast out, the cork's going to slide up until it hits that stopper and it won't go any further and it'll be positioned where you set it at eight feet. Um, I have not personally had good luck with circle hooks for speckled trout. However, over the years, I've almost exclusively went to circle hooks for catching redfish when I'm fishing shrimp under a cork. Um, I prefer the normal J style hook for speckled trout. I do like a small hook. A number two octopus hook is my 
hook of choice when I'm fishing for a speckled trout. Yeah, I agree with you on the hook situation. Now, I got another texter that says to use a lighter line as your leader material. That way, if you break off, you just lose the bottom portion of it. Uh, but, you know, I've, there's another thought, too, that says you put heavier line on your leader, like when you get the fish to the boat and you grab the line, you won't pop the line. You have the light line on the top, and you have a heavier line on the bottom. Well, how do you rig your leader on a sliding cork? Well, nowadays, with the braided line, uh, it's simple to have 30-pound braid. You still could have a 20-pound leader from your swivel down to your hook, and that's plenty heavy enough to grab and swing the fish in which you suggest, and it's also smaller than the braid. If you do snag, you pop the leader off and you simply retie from the swivel down to the hook. So you can do both if you're rigged with braided line. And I don't have an issue using the braided line with the stopper for a sliding cork. It works just as well. Yeah, that's a great solution to solve both problems. Mike, thanks so much for the report. I will see you on uh, Monday for our fishing trip. Uh, Hopefully it looks like the weather forecast is going to cooperate for us and hope we can get a good trip. In the meantime, if someone wants to call you and if you are booked, you've got another staff of guides that you might be able to fix them up with, aaofla.com. You're on my website, and if they want to give you a call and use the telephone communication, tell them how to do that. Very simple. You can find me. On Facebook, I'm sorry, or you could also call the landline, which is 985-781-7811. All righty. Thanks so much, Mike. Y'all have a great day, and I will talk with you later. All right, Don. Talk to you later. All right, Mike Gallo always got good advice. He's one of those uh, professors. When you go on a fishing trip with Mike, you'll learn a lot. He tells you a lot of information. You ask questions, he'll have answers for you. All right, getting more recipes in now for garfish. Yeah, if you got one of those, we take it all here. 504-260-1870 is our text line. Also got a text message in from a Texas listener about those Mexican whistlers. We'll get to all of that. Plus, Brendan Bayard has a great announcement to make about the IFA kayak fishing tournament he was recently in. He'll tell you all about that and get you the paddler report. That's next right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And the report for you strokers who like to paddle or pedal for your fish with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club is a presentation of the kayak-friendly experts at Massey's Outfitters. You're going to find them in the mid-city of New Orleans. They're in Covington. They're in Baton Rouge. Jackson Kayak, Native Watercraft. Look on the website, MasseyOutfitters.com. Also check out their Facebook page. Brendan Bayard joins us now. Uh, Brendan, you are headed to, if you're not there already, the Alabama coast. I got a feeling that's going to be a crowded place this week. How's it looking for you? Uh, yeah, we uh, we picked a little place uh, towards the end of Fort Morgan, usually a little bit uh, less crowded for our stay. Trying to keep it safe during this uh, COVID times. not going to put ourselves at any extra risk with a crowded beach but uh you know gotta get out of the house but want to play it safe while we do it so uh we'll, we'll cross our fingers we'll have all our supplies or uh, cleaning supplies and uh see how it goes that alabama coast is a popular place for offshore species for kayakers because the deep water is so close and those fish come in uh, what are you going to be looking for out there this weekend uh, there's a lot of areas that, that kayakers fish uh, that have live bottom. Um, there's also a lot of fish that are uh, that are near shore 
that are cruising the uh, the beach this time of year. Um, depending on what the weather presents itself with us, uh, you know, we will paddle out, you know, up to, you know, a couple of miles to, to bottom fish. I think Sunday is the last day for snapper uh, over there. But then there's, uh, you know, you can uh, troll for kingfish uh, with the uh, ballyhoo um, rigged up behind the boat. You know, every once in a while you'll catch a, a, a sailfish uh, trolling live bait behind yourself. Uh, the tarpon are cruising the beach right now. Uh, they usually come in for about a month. And if you can uh, see them on the beach, you can kind of position your, your kayak in front of them so that when they come through, you can pitch a live bait in there. I know Chris Holmes was out there yesterday. A lot of guys try to get down to the uh, to that Florida-Alabama border this time of year to target those, uh, those roaming tarpon schools on the beach. Uh, pretty fun to get one of those you know, 80 pound, 100 pound fish, uh, hooked up on a, on a kayak. So, uh, that would be my, uh, ultimate, uh, uh, target this, this week. If I can get one of those, uh, gotta get lucky. Gotta, gotta pedal fast to stay in front of them, but certainly adventure in the kayak. Yes, indeed. It'd be a thrill to catch one. You talk about a Cajun sleigh rider, <clears throat> one of those big silver Kings, uh, that'd be hard to beat. Now, last time you were on with us, you were getting ready to fish the IFA kayak tournament. And you were fishing with your son. How did that work out? Uh, man, it couldn't have, it couldn't have gone any better. It was uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. We were just coming off a crystal ball coming through. The fishing was uh, kind of spotty at best. Um, for whatever reason, uh, you know, the water had been high for a week or so, and, and the water was real dirty in areas. Uh, there were some decent fish caught while we were pre-fishing. You know, we caught a handful of trout, a handful of reds. Uh, a couple of big bulls showed up for the other guys pre-fishing. So kind of everybody had a mentality of, hey, we're going to go swing for the fences. We're going for, you know, a 40-inch class bull redfish and a big trout. Everybody kind of put their mind to that. Uh, me and me and my son were out there in the pass, you know, riding the big waves, trying to catch one of those big bulls. After about uh, three hours of that, this being his first time, I was like, I thought to myself, let's go, you know, uh, run to the marsh and see if we can get an upper slot red or, or something like that to kind of a, a little layup. Let him have some fun. He had a taste of the bull red fishing. It wasn't really working out for anybody. So we went to the marsh, and lo and behold, uh, that was the right move. The, the bull reds just didn't come through that day. Uh, when we went to the weigh-in, uh, the redfish that he found – was uh was big enough company with his trout to get him third place overall which uh was kind of unheard of for me for uh i've never seen a kid place in the ifa so uh really excited for him uh he beat me out he beat a lot of my friends out so uh he went home with uh 260 dollars so uh he was really happy <laughs> <laughs> he earned him a little summer vacation money that's great brendan and uh he Hey, nothing wrong with getting beat by your own son, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going to be one for the memory banks for real, uh, for a long time. That's it. Uh, All right. Uh, fishing inshore this week. What would be your favorite top spot if you weren't over there on the Alabama coast looking for those big offshore species? Oh, man, I've had a great report of people fishing in Little Lake area, uh, kind of, uh, you know, from the Leeville area, but like towards uh, Rackasee, that kind of area just limits the trout out there on those islands. If you uh, 
if you're up for making a little a little paddle, uh, you can launch basically in the uh, the public launch area, head west. Uh, you know, about three miles, and you start getting into those open that open water with those uh, those big uh, islands and the bays and stuff out there. Uh, lots of trout out there. You know, not not anything huge, but 14 to 17 inches. All the trout you want out there. Uh, been coming this week, so uh, I would I would head out there just to get a nice little meat haul. You never know, you might get lucky, find something a little bit bigger, but uh, that seems to be where it's going on right now. And, of course, if the weather permits itself to get out to the beach, you know, Fushan, uh, uh, Grand Isle beaches right now, uh, live shrimp seems to be the ticket. Uh, shrimp imitations can't go wrong right now. Good advice. Brendan, thanks for the report. We appreciate it. Good luck on your tarpon attempt. I hope you get one. If you do, post a picture and send it on to us. Will do. Thanks, Don. Take care. All right. See you next time. Brendan Bayard, one of our two field reporters for the Paddlers Report. Next week, we'll be talking to Captain Eric Mahabarak. All right. Coming back after this, we didn't have one of these last week. We were having too much fun. It was too much joy going around to do a bad boy story. But I got one for you this week. Two guys from Catahoula Parish alleged commercial fishing violations. How not to catch crappie right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, uh, Robbie Campo just updated me on the bay situation down at Campo's Marina. He said they are just about out, and that was a few minutes ago. So he suggests if you're headed down there this afternoon or any time, rarely now on, uh, stop on Paris Road, one of the bait shops there. If you're going to be fishing with live bait, because he will be out shortly. All right, I uh, got some text messages coming in. Uh, someone just bought two new kayaks for the wife and he. They are wondering where is that Bogachetta National Wildlife Fishing Pond located. We heard the fishing's really good there. Figured it'd be a great place to test the kayaks. Yeah, the fishing can be very good there. Uh, easy place to find. Uh, go up I-59, out you know past Slidell, headed towards Mississippi. Before you get to the state line, there's going to be an exit there. You'll see Bogachitta Wildlife Refuge, and you just exit there to the right. Get on that service road. That would be the east side of the interstate. And as a road takes you right up to the pond, and they stock it periodically, and there's some good fish in there and a great place to get familiar with the kayak. It's a good idea. All right, got a recipe for those gar balls. Boil the meat, mix it with mashed potatoes, spices. That one. Another gar recipe, my grandmother would make garfish balls, meat balls made with garfish. She made a roux, would serve it over white rice. I got to tell you that one of the best dishes for gar I've ever eaten was at Bourne Restaurant, which is in New Orleans. Uh, they've got uh, gar balls with a red gravy there that's to die for. All right, uh, I got a lot more uh, comments coming in on the sliding corks. We'll get to those a little bit later, but first thing we need to do now is pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement agents cited two Catahoula Parish residents for alleged commercial fishing violations on June 3rd after locating multiple hoop nets used for harvesting crappie, a.k.a. white perch, a.k.a. sockele, which are classified as game fish in the Washita River a few days before they set up surveillance on the net, at which time they observed Cecil Booth and Harold Jones, Jr., taking crappie from the hoop nets. Both were cited for taking game fish using illegal methods. Booth was also cited for failing to have a commercial hoop net gear license. A total of 14 of the fish were confiscated and donated to charity. 
for taking game fish using illegal methods and for failing to have a commercial hoop net gear license if convicted, facing fines of up to $1,450 and 120 days in jail, are 69-year-old Cecil E. Booth of Jonesville and 57-year-old Harold M. Sonez, Jr. of Harrisburg, Louisiana, are bad boys of the outdoors. Can't catch game fish using commercial gear, my boy, and they learn the hard way. All right, coming back after this, we got another fishing report. This time, Ryan Lambert updates us on Plaquemines Parish. That is next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Yeah, when you fish with Captain Ryan Lambert, it's a no shrimp kind of day. He's a plastic man. Captain Ryan, how you doing this morning? I'm doing well, buddy. How you doing? Good. You know, I had our buddy uh, Megan Cruz, Miss Louisiana, and her friend Kaylee that came down there, and uh, we did the Bayou Wild episode catching the big bull reds with you. We had her out frogging Thursday night. Now, <laughs> let me tell you, Kaylee had no problem. You saw some of it. Yeah, well, she's all muddied, and we all muddied and wet and all that. But let me tell you, she was being a girly girl. She wanted to get those frogs so bad, but she had some kind of phobia about the way they look at you with the eyes. <laughs> and of course, you know, you got a light in the middle of the dark, and you got this big old green, slimy, lumpy thing all, you know. And she just couldn't bring herself to do it. And she, she'd stand there, and you could just see, and then she'd touch them. She probably missed a dozen frogs or more. And then finally, she, she put on a pair of gloves. And I said, well, I don't know, the gloves might just be worse, but. She actually did it. She grabbed her first frog, and she was ecstatic. But uh, it, t- it told me a lot about her personality. She was not going to be denied, and it was very difficult for her to do it. I mean, she, you know, she'd never been out there before and done that, and uh, it was it's going to be a really good show. But she kept talking about uh, – she was telling everybody down there about the trip with you, you know, how much she liked the Redfish Ryan recipe, and she and Martha cooked some frog legs, and she talked about catching those reds with you. And she, you created some memories for her, and – uh, and, and Kaylee, that they will never forget the rest of their lives. And I'm sure you've done that for thousands and thousands of people. you you got a very rewarding job knowing that, that you've instilled those kind of memories in so many people. Tell you what, it's been great. You know, I got my family down here this weekend, so we're going to put some more memories. You know, the grandchildren are down. We're going to do a little eco tour. We're going to eat some crabs. We're going to go fishing. We're going to do it all. That sounds like a good plan. How's the fishing been for you guys down there this week? They tell me, Robbie said that they were catching them out at the islands. Did any of you guys get a chance to make it out there? I know we had some pretty bad weather early in the week. Well, the, the, the islands were so hit and miss, and, and the river is falling like a rock now, so everything is going to turn on. Um, we could not get to the islands. The weather was so bad. We were catching on the west side. Then it started out the west and southwest at 20, so you couldn't go on the west side. Went on the east side, and the water was blown out and couldn't get the tide in. It was a tough week. Even even the shrimp thumpers had a tough week. It was it was really tough because the tide couldn't come in. It started in, in the morning, then just stop all day. Boats running around everywhere, every guy in the world running. I said, yep, they're not biting, guys. You see them boats running. So best thing to do when that's like that is tighten up your belt and go to fishing. You get on your trolling motor. You put on a spinner bait or something that's gonna cover a lot of water and get to work, and that's the only way to work it. You know, you got to put a box together. You can't sit on the point with a shrimp if they're not gonna go up on the points because of the tide's not moving. Time to go to work. Sight fish, do what you can, but 
we put boxes together, but it was very tough this week. What's the forecast look like from here on out? It looks like we got a couple of low tide days coming after, you know, we got a pretty good time yeah. today, but it's going to start to fall off soon. Well, Sunday and Monday, we're going to have the deep tide where the tide will switch around. You know, every two weeks it does that. So it's going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be really tough fishing. And we try not to book that normally. If somebody's got to come fishing, we'll book it. But I try not, especially in the summer, because when it does that, the oxygen in the water is depleted because it's not moving. And that's when you get those algae blooms. That's when you get, you know, you, it's just troublesome. So we try not to book that during the summer because of the lack of oxygen. So we'll start back up on uh, Tuesday. The tide will start moving again. The weather's calm. The river is dropping. It was 14.8. Now it's 11, and next week it'll be 8-something. So it's dropping two foot, two and a half foot a week. And when it does that, the bait and the fish just start coming toward the river. The pogies are moving in already because, you know, I, I see them. Plus the pogie boats are in very close on both sides. So the bull reds will start coming in like crazy. The trout will start coming back toward the river. It's our time of year now. So it's, you know, hopefully it'll drop down there, you know, in the three-foot range by September and and let us have a a normal fall. We hadn't seen one in eight years, but it would be nice to see that. Yeah, I can remember, you know, we talk about the saltwater wedge. I mean, it'd be saltwater moving up the Mississippi River and as far as, you know, up is right behind your lodge and, you know, even way further up, you'd catch saltwater fish up there in the river. But uh, it's been a while. You know, maybe we'll be due this year and see that. Oh, it should be nice. Uh, Last time they did it in 2012, they were catching redfish all the way in St. Rose. I mean that's way up the river. That's you know around <laughs> yeah. Luling area. I mean that's that's up there. But you know just to get them to where next month you'll start catching more crankbaits along the rocks. That's fun, you know, and you get to sight fishing when the river turns really nice and green. But when when, when November comes and those trout get in the river, then you can do some stuff like the old time bass fishing we used to do in Toledo Bend, fishing ledges and drop-offs and round round bends and it's more technical fishing and i really enjoy that but you, it's really rewarding because you can catch so many so i'm really looking forward to if we can get to do that again it'll be a really nice fall if that happens but until then i'm going to be doing a lot of sight fishing on these redfish fly fishing that kind of stuff i've been catching them on a spinner bait and using little tiny grubs to sight fish them so uh it's going to get real interesting the water's going to really start cleaning up now get around those grass beds and everything will just start pouring in on them so it's fixing to light up like a firecracker around here and the beach you know they've been down towards grand isle well those fish will start coming this way now all the way to venice so those when those trout start heading this way i can't wait to get on that beach with a top water plug well we'll keep an eye on it between now and then ryan uh Give them your web- your website, of course, is CajunFishingAdventures.com. Got a big, beautiful website, newly updated. Give them the telephone number if they want to give you a call. Yeah, they can call me direct on my cell phone at 504-559-5111. And uh, we'll take care of it all. You know, it's we, it's slow and it's easy to get a trip right now because of the COVID. But, you know, we have a lot of availability. All right, all sounds good. Enjoy your family weekend down there, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. All right, buddy. We'll see you soon. All righty. Captain Ryan Lambert, Cajun Fishing Adventures. We call him the Plastic Man. Won't be long, he and I will be talking 
duck hunting ain't that far away september teal season coming up all right we got uh, lots of text messages coming in we're going to talk about cooking garfish uh, frog legs sliding corks oh, we could go on for six hours with this show but unfortunately we just got one segment left we'll be back to knock that out right after this quick pause on the outdoors with don dubuque radio network oh so much information so little time we covered a lot of ground this morning still got a little bit more to go uh, we're getting some text messages in on those slip corks uh, both texts said uh, walmart has several slip corks by slip lock and others so that's a place you can get them uh, if we didn't get to your text message or your topic, I'm sorry, there's just uh, so little time and so many of them coming in. We've got a Texas listener saying uh, thousands of the, he calls them Mexican screaming ducks, have claimed the local doctor's large old pond is their home, and twice a year they come to have 10 to 12 babies at the top of my neighbor's dogwood tree, my home and the aforementioned pond here in the Schulenburg city limits. Yeah, they've become a urban duck for sure. Uh, here's some comments about the sliding cork. It's great for triple tails. Short thing charters in uh, past Christian Waveland uses them. You set the cork at half your water depth, pull the cork up to the, uh, let's see, what does it say, to the three. Oh, as your shrimp gets close, let the line slack, and we'll follow the bait game on. Now, most of the triple tail I've caught, you, you actually see them. You spot them, and they're on the top underneath a crab trap float or some other structure. So you don't want to have anything deep because they're on top. But sometimes the smart ones, if they've been uh, caught before and released or maybe they've had dealings with boats, they will go down deep, but they'll stay close to that line. And that's where I think that, that sliding cork rig could come in handy. So my suggestion would be have a sliding cork rig on standby, ready if you're triple tail fishing, but otherwise use the, the shallow cork when they're up says sliding cork's definitely the best, just above a bottom that has lots of debris, like rigs. Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, not only because the fish are at a different depth, but also to stay off of a bottom with a lot of hang you up. Okay, then we have, um, let's see, cooking. Oh, uh, they said the rubber stoppers don't work on braided line. Braid cuts through the rubber. The string-style stoppers are best. Gus and Slidell sells a thicker string stopper in beads with very small holes. Size matters. Yeah, that's very possible. Now, Jeff Brule also reminded me, a friend of ours, uh, Alan Chink Sumas, who's a longtime fisherman uh, of the Seabrook and Lake Pontchartrain area. He often uses a sliding cork. And what he did, he must have given me several hundred, maybe a thousand of them. He cuts little squares from those tackle box tray holders, the little dividers. They're plastic, and he cuts tiny squares, puts a hole in it. And because of the square shape, when it gets to the rod tip, it stops. Some of those beads, if you've got a big uh, eyelet on your rod, the bead will go right on down through it, uh, where this actually stops it right up there at the top. And you can continue to pull the line through it. All right, here's one says, this is regarding our bad boys feet. Two-inch webbing will catch a lot of white perch. Yes, it will, and it's not legal to do so. All right, uh, let's see. we got this one. I like the old-fashioned weighted popping corks for slip corks. Uh, Walmart sells the thread-like stoppers you tie on above the cork then you push the green stick down and thread your line through the middle of the stick yeah there's holes usually in those stoppers that you run the line through remember it doesn't pop like a regular cork but i usually don't pop a lot with live bait very cheap way to do it thank you so much for that uh here's a text with regard to our miss louisiana megan cruz says megan cruz is a classy lady i can't argue with you there says frogging can be muddy work not a complaint out of her 
the memory of that day will be with her for the rest of the life. You're right. She, you look at the picture. She's wearing her mud well. Beautiful lady, excellent. She can sing like a nightingale. She's very talented. She'll be leaving Louisiana, though. Her reign is over as Miss Louisiana, and she's headed for other territories uh, to pursue a uh, advertising marketing career and uh, also interior design. A uh, lady with a great future and just a great fishing buddy to have along. Uh, you'll get to see her. She's uh, If you want to go watch our past episode, she's fishing with uh, me and Ryan Lambert. Out there in Buras catching bull reds. She was up for that. And then she headed back up to Monroe where she was temporarily staying. She's from Shreveport. And then came back down to do this frogging uh, cooking feature and catching feature. And uh, just a really uh, charming lady. You might want to wait for that one. I'll let you know when that episode comes up. All right. That is going to wrap it up. We've just got seconds to go. We're going to say goodbye. Unfortunately, more outdoors is still on hiatus due to COVID-19. Hopefully that will return sooner than later. But until then, I look forward to being with you again for another two-hour journey to the great outdoors next Saturday and every Saturday right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.